I'm going to go on a rant. Where's Jerry? He was taking a piss. He was last week in about 30 seconds. I know. The the man's got the, the, the bladder of a pregnant we woman. We have to stop talking. <laughs> Wait till he gets on. <laughs> Are you recording this? Yes. Good. What the flying fuck is going on here, Jerry? Okay, I think I'm on now. Can you hear me? Jerry's on. Jerry, how do you feel now? Do you feel better? I feel like an idiot. <laughs> what, what, what happened? I Shut the just... fuck up. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know what to click on to join the call. I'm clicking on, I don't know. I don't know. How many, we have, how many calls have we had? Yeah, but this is on the, the computer desks now. I've got oh. the mic, i got my headphones, and it's a whole different screen. I'm, it's just... If you unplug my fucking computer, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. <laughs> Me? No. The- Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. Holy shit, I wasn't quite sure who he's referring to. I was like, how am I going to unplug your... Knowing me, I could probably do it somehow from here. Probably could. Hold on, is your microphone plugged in to USB, Jerry? It just sounds like a little echoey. Oh, great. Maybe it's the room I'm in. Can you get right up on it real quick? How is this? Better? Exactly, yes. So what you want to do is... you Turn my mic up? Not necessarily turn your mic up, just make sure your mouth is a little closer. Get the fuck away from me. I think we should call the authorities. What the hell's going on at your house? It's fucking much. I had about enough. Oh my God. And I'm so close to my mic, I feel like I'm about to make love to it. What is chef? It, <laughs> it is paid for, so you're good. I mean, do whatever and you need. And it's thick. Oh. <laughs> wow. Already. Already. We're there. Uh, that sounded like, uh, how, how can I put this gracefully? Someone came to completion there. They went, <laughs> So my wife, she's a fucking Girl Scout leader, right? So, so they're <laughs> sounded. You started sounding like Rodney Dangerfield. Take my wife, please. So, so she's a Girl Scout leader, okay? And they're doing, they're planning some overnight campout thing. So she had to go for training today with the other with the other fucking leader. So she leaves me home with the fucking with the kids and the fucking dog, okay? I think they were out having uh, Bloody Marys or something. Oh. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I got nothing. She got worse. So, That's what so, I tell her, so, so I tell her, so look, I got to record this fucking podcast tonight at nine o'clock. I said, in fact, I would like to try to do it early. So she goes, well, it's over at 830. What time are you getting home? She goes, I should be home around nine. I said, okay, good. So then she says to me, she sends me a text about 10 minutes ago. Oh, I have to stop for Landon's a treat for Landon tomorrow because it's his birthday tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have to stop, but I have to get him treats to bring in for the class. I, I, I got to record this podcast, and this <laughs> dog is making me nuts. You didn't believe that, did you? I think they stopped at Chili's for half price margaritas. That's what they do. So anyway, so I got my little setup going here, right now. I have the kids in bed; their doors are shut, so they won't make any fucking noise. And I'm out here. I tried putting the fucking dog in the bedroom. It was just fucking whining and barking and scratching. I said, fuck. So I'll fucking let him out here, right? I let him out here. He lays down. He's kind of quiet. Well, then my fucking, my son, the baby, he starts fucking crying now. He wants his fucking nook. 
It's like, Christ, I'm, so I give us, I can't find the fucking thing. So I'm moving the fuck, I'm sliding the crib across the fucking room, trying to find this fucking nook to shut him up. So finally, I give us a look, and now he's quiet and happy. I come out here now, the dog is in my fucking spot, fucking sitting there, licking his fucking balls. He doesn't fucking have, he's licking his little fucking pouch with nothing fucking in it, trying to tell him, listen, buddy, this, this is a waste of time. You're licking nothing. There's no jollies here. He's showing off. You sound a little jealous. <laughs> no, he's fucking looking at me with his with his head in his fucking paws, looking at me with the puppy dog eyes. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Don't make any noise. Now he's wagging his tail. He's gonna now he's gonna have to get up and shit. Watch. <laughs> and on top of all this, now my wife's gonna come in. She goes, "Oh, I'll let you know when I'm close, so the dog doesn't go crazy." He's gonna <laughs> go crazy, fucking regardless. He's gonna go batshit fucking crazy. He's gonna interrupt the fucking recording. Jerry's gonna be yawning. He's gotta go to fucking bed. <laughs> Big fucking mess. And I'm missing Frank Fritz right now. So, <laughs> and I'm congested. And I just took about 18 sprays in each nostril of fucking uh, that that fucking nasal spray. Flonase? No, it's not exactly Flonase. It's fucking uh, Afrin. Oh, <laughs> you got to be careful with that stuff. Yeah, too. that'll eat your sinus cavity. Yes, it will. Right. You got to be really careful. Well, then, I won't, then I won't be congested. <laughs> What a shit show today is. I'm telling you. Car wreck. <laughs> Don't lick your balls. Quiet. I'm trying to record here. <laughs> Quietly. This, this thing is going to kill me in my sleep one day. I'm telling you. It looks at me like, fuck you. You're making him feel cheap. Oh, he ain't cheap, this fucking dog. I'll tell you that right now. 200 bucks to get his nuts cut off. I would have done it for free. <laughs> I said, I said, you paid $200 to get the dog. I said, you took mine off for nothing. <laughs> it wasn't even pleasurable. Didn't even get a pain pill afterwards. <laughs> Are the dog's nuts in her purse with yours? Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. She just dropped my nuts in a martini like an olive. <laughs> Chilies. <laughs> Extra dirty. <laughs> this margarita is salty. So there was training for a camp out. Yeah. Did, has she gone camping before? No. Oh, okay. Here's the fucking kicker. Yeah. You can't be inside. Now, that's my idea of camping. I got to have air, air conditioning and no bugs eating me alive. You just described a holiday injury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever stay at the tuck him in up in... Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Floating float names, New York. You ever stay at the tuck him in? <laughs> the tuck him in. The uh, place, the place had fucking hairy soap. Hairy soap. Uh, <laughs> Gross. Lance and I almost stayed there. We we walked in and there was a line of ants crawling up the walls, so we immediately oh, left. You know there was you know where the snacks are. Yeah. <laughs> I said this place, I said, can I get a wake up call? They gave me a fucking alarm clock. The wind up kind with the bells on top. I said, Christ almighty, they tuck them in. Did you ask for a hammer to go along with the alarm clock? I didn't ask for anything else. It's like it's like that story of Armor the Giant and going on the airplane asking for a screwdriver. About 15 minutes later, the stewardess came back with an actual screwdriver. Jeez. Bobby, had, Bobby Heenan said to her, what would you have done if you asked for a Bloody Mary? <laughs> oh. <laughs> with olives. So when are you expecting her to roll in? What's I mean, it's it's almost 20 after right now. I don't fucking know. What time's the chili close? I, I don't know. Midnight. <laughs> well, let's just roll. Yeah, let's let's do that. We'll just be interrupted halfway through. It's no That's okay. That's okay. It'll it be adds part to of the it. Show. Yes. And then you're going to have to get her on the mic. Mikey. Oh, that'll be a trick. We'll have to introduce her to the worldwide audience. That's the last thing she wants. Especially if you made a mess of yourself that one night. I was talking. What? <laughs> the night you made a mess of yourself and she had to come in. Remember when you spit iced oh, tea all iced over? 
I do. I still I have that. I, I still have all that. Else. <laughs> hey, it's a family show. It is. What are you doing on it exactly? <laughs> Did the spit make the show? No, I Jared still. Jared, ha- Jared doesn't listen to the show. Why doesn't you? Do, is I Jared this shit or nothing? I you don't even listen to your own show. I don't. I don't know if I got. I don't know if I have the. Uh, what do you call it? The link to the one with all the bells and whistles. Map sends them out on the fucking in the chat. Yeah, they're they're there. I'll send okay. You. All right. Yeah. So you can yeah, listen I hear to it, it whenever. Yeah, absolutely. Tomorrow is a disaster. Tomorrow's show. Is it? Oh, with the fucking with the furry fuzzy thing and oh, the fucking Lord. Rob Pie. Oh uh, well, it. you saw you saw that you saw that bump I took from Ron Simmons. No, I did. I, I did. Ooh, you know I'm gonna look it up right now. Look it up right now. That that right there, Jerry. Drop high. <laughs> <laughs> There was no bounce on this one, motherfucker. At one point, my leg was like bent and cockeyed <laughs> over my head. So on that one, they should have uh, drawn a chalk outline around you. Yeah, but it would have been—it would have just looked like a drop pie. There would have been there would have been no semblance of a chalk line of a body. It would just been like a blob. Looked like an amoeba. Yeah. <laughs> Who died here? The amoeba. <laughs> this I is think the biggest Mar- fucking amoeba I've ever seen. I think tomorrow's is, is going to go really well. I think it's going to be talked about a lot. Is this on YouTube? Hear this bump? It was on Twitter. Oh Lord. Let me see if let me see if I can find it. If it fucking loads, motherfucker. Wait, I put it on Facebook. I don't have Facebook. I know, but I think I can. It's on my profile. I don't use Facebook really either, so I think I could just copy the link right from there. Yeah, there it is. All right, I'm looking it up. Jerry, well, you know you're gonna have to get on Facebook now. You know, this Twitter takes up enough of my time. <laughs> I don't know how people do Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I mean, that's a full time job right there. All right, hold it, Jerry. I'm sending you a message on Twitter to our group. All right. With the link. Brian the fucking guppy. Who the, who the fuck posted it? <laughs> oh, great. You know what this says? This message includes potentially sensitive content. <laughs> yeah. So do I have to my change near, my... My near death. Do I have to change my setting? Oh, wait. You, no, that was the message from... Is that the one from Mikey? Let me see. Yep. No. So I have to change my setting? What is on this thing? <laughs> wait a minute. You changed your settings on, no. on Twitter, Jerry? I didn't, what did I didn't touch I, my I, setting. I, I think you could bypass that. Just play it, Jerry, I think. I don't think so. It wants me to... Wait, wait, wait. What's this? No, that ain't it. <laughs> Golly. Kidding me. I haven't touched my settings when I set this up. It must have just been a... Uh, what do you call it? When the settings are already there? It thinks you're an 11-year-old girl, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say, can someone please get Annabelle in the room here? Yeah, yeah, right? No, it's not going to let me play it. Can you just go to Brian the Guppy on Twitter? Okay. It's, it's there. Well, this could be another 10 minutes. I know. <laughs> oh my God. How far down is it, though? Oh, you got to go down. <laughs> Pervert. You know what? Half the tweets on Brian the Guppy has, this tweet may include sensitive content. Yeah, they're I, all me getting killed. I think we might just have to wait for, yeah, for wait. him to find us. Oh, wait. This is upsetting. This is just me getting killed. <laughs> I was actually Mike during the uh, during this match. You weren't here. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that should be a shirt right there. It should just be a silhouette of Ron Simmons and then just uh, an amoeba at his feet. It's pretty nasty. That didn't look fun. That looked painful, actually. You know, you know, you know what's really fucking upsetting about this? These fucking asshole Twitter fans. Seven hundred twenty people liked it. <laughs> hey, hey, those those same asshole Twitter fans are are probably going to go and buy some merchandise once everything gets uh, 
That just that just means they like your work. They do. They appreciate listen, you. Listen, listen to this with this fucking guy, Patrick Brooks. Says, <laughs> oh, Jesus, we're name dropping. Replying to <laughs> at Brian the Guppy at FRM Pod and at Mikey Woodbreak underline thingy to sell the shit out of that Ron Simmons social slam, or did he take it wrong? Looks like he's mixed that back when he lands on the mat. I didn't fucking take it wrong. I was fucking neighborly and I jumped. <laughs> did I take it wrong? Sometimes you don't have a choice in the way you take it. If you watch oh this clip, I went, damn. <laughs> and before that, he said, take it, bitch. <laughs> I took it deep. <laughs> deep. <laughs> Roll it. Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. My name is Mike Freeland. I am soon to be joined by the two men that you've come here to listen to. But before we get started, we want to know that we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on the program? Do you like it? Are there some things you'd like to hear from us? Let us know. Remember, we are on Facebook and Twitter, and we can be found at FRM Pod. Or if you want to hit the boys up themselves, you can hit Jerry Lynn up at It's Jerry Lynn, and Mikey Whipwreck is at Mikey Whipwreck underscore. And of course, the show can be found at FRM Pod. Once again, at FRM Pod on Twitter. And don't forget to head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com and get your shirts from both Mikey and Jerry. All you have to do is click on the magnifying glass, type in their names, and scroll down. They've got designs that are suitable for everyone. And Jerry has a couple of new ones as well. So go ahead, support the show, and get yourself some t-shirts. Also, if you want to get a personalized autograph from Mikey, go ahead and shoot him a DM on Twitter. And uh, Jerry, I think that you should kind of get on that as well because you're slowly creeping up on him when it comes to followers. What do you think about that? Um I guess. I guess I'm getting there. Do we have an over-under on when I'm going to get it? I'm going to say before Christmas, because right now you're at 7,774. Is that good? That, that That's good. I would say that's good, because you've only been on, what, social media for what? I month or so? I think. I don't know. Mikey's uh, Mikey's still holding his own. He's at like a, a 10,300, so he's doing all right. But I'm, I'm at 10-4. I'm actually watching. 10-4. Speaking of Twitter, Brian the Guppy. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. Post this fucking <laughs> clip of Ron Simmons damn near killing me. And I'm just watching it over and over and over again. And I wonder why I wake up feeling like shit. I'm cranky today. I'm cranky today. <laughs> Uh-oh, we got cranky Mikey. So what's been going on with you guys since the last time we chatted? Speaking of professional voice, I've got this microphone. Yes. So I feel like I'm about to turn into a, a DJ at a carnival going, <laughs> Do you want to go faster? <laughs> it's two for Tuesday. The titty joint DJ, <laughs> give your money to the honeys. <laughs> a dollar right. makes a holla. <laughs> I just made that. I just made that up. A dollar makes a holler. I just, I just, I just, I just made that up. Man, God, you're a natural. I'm clever. The dog is licking his balls again. <laughs> you're gonna have to give us an update as we go along here. What's going on? All right. All right. Uh, you ready? I hold. Let me get my show notes. I, I'm sitting in the dark. I can't read them anyway. You have notes? I don't have Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm, Jerry. Oh, I read I'm them. I'm an organized oh. motherfucker. Okay. All right. Come on, Mikey. You're talking to me. I know. Or I need me. another beer. Oh, Lord. So in the first couple of episodes, you guys, we, we've talked about some different people. We told some stories about Paul Heyman, Mick Foley. But I thought in this one, we might take kind of a little bit of a step backwards and talk about ECW in 1994. And there's a lot of things to kind of get into, and I want to get your takes on this. And this is a comment or a quote, I should say, from Shane Douglas. 
from when ECW was actually just starting to get off the ground. And this one is, is towards you, Mikey, first. He said, for instance, Mikey Whipwreck, it was a rib. It was a rib on a promoter in Baltimore. The Sandman actually started off as a beach bum, and then they realized that was going nowhere, so they let him be himself. Tommy Dreamer was Jersey Shore before there was Jersey Shore. And then after the big caning incident, he became the Tommy Dreamer everyone loved. And Heyman slowly started filtering out Eastern Championship Wrestling figures, people that were more established names, because he wanted to go ahead and really start to model the company as in his image. So let me ask you guys this question here. When it came to some of the more established stars that you guys had talked about in previous episodes, were you kind of surprised that they were starting to get kind of phased out when ECW and Paul first kind of started to go ahead and try to create the extreme image? What's your thoughts on that, Mikey? I'm still trying to listen to Shane's comment. See, he said I was a rib. He he said you were a rib on right. a promoter in Baltimore. I, right. And then he said Sandman was a beach bum. Who then let, him, beach bum. Who let him be himself and became the Sandman. Correct. And then, and then Tommy Dreamer was the Jersey Shore. Hey, I have an old we're not, we're not to I, I have an old I, eight by ten of Dreamer from way back then when he wore the suspenders and it had clouds in the top and it said something like from Dreamland. I'm I'm just thinking how Shane says that Sandman became the Sandman. Dreamer became the you know the Dreamer we know, and I'm still just a rib. I'd like to know how <laughs> I didn't giving, to shit. Mikey, how is giving you the name a rib on someone else? Because I was just a job guy. Was that his name? Yeah, Dennis Whipwreck. Oh, okay, was, I didn't know that. All right, was the guy. So it was like a rib on him. Okay, gotcha. Twenty five years later, it's a rib on me. <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel like I think you evolved just as much as the other guys did? I mean, oh, I did. I morphed. What's your thoughts on Shane's on Shane's comments? Uh, he's right. It, it it wasn't really like an all at once type thing. Right. It kind of just kind of faded away. Like I don't know. Like Paul brought his guys in. Like he brought in the New York Click. You know, Dreamer and Taz, and then you know Sabu came in, and then little by little, you know, he started kind of developing his own guys. And I, I just the guys that were around for a while, they they kind of lingered, but then they were just gone. You know, like like Sal Valoma was gone for a while. I mean, he came back again at one point with uh, the FBI. When he was doing like that Roman gladiator thing, I don't know what that was all about. Well, he does talk about Sal as well, and he said that he didn't think he was the guy to take ECW to the next level. Right. I just think that Paul had this vision in his head on what he wanted, and I think he wanted the guys that were up and coming in the business and you know other guys that had been like really established. And I think instead of using a bunch of guys like that, he narrowed it down to pretty much just Terry Funk is, is kind of how it came down to it. I mean, Terry was the last one left. Every, everybody else was pretty much gone. I think a lot of it so was two guys. Wasn't it a lot of two uh, guys who were willing to push the envelope and take it to that next level? Yeah, but it didn't really start that way. I mean, when I started in '94, it was still fairly normal, I okay. guess. I mean, that you know, that chair shots and stuff, but nothing. Kevin Sullivan was like the craziest one as far as you know the the, the violence and stuff, and right. that was just you know, just Kevin being Kevin. I mean, Sabu came in and did the, the the tables and stuff, but it was nothing like really crazy. Well, you know, I I started watching it in '95. When I was in WCW, my buddy and I would get together and watch it like like two o'clock in the morning, and I was just in shock. <laughs> so I thought it was I thought the guys were nuts. Yo, it it definitely morphed to that point. You know, you had like Ian and Axel doing the. Uh, there's me getting fucking just mauled again. There's a, uh, you know, it you definitely had Ian and Axel doing the Taipei death matches. You know, the, the glass glued to their hands and stuff like that. But I, I think for the most part, it wasn't all you know blood and guts. You know, you had the, you had the guys that did that. You know, but then you had the guys that could wrestle too. When did Polly bring in uh, Rey Mysterio and Psychosis? Ninety-five. Okay. 
late 95. And how about Eddie and Dean and Chris? 94. All right. I think so they, it, first, they first came in around that in August when we did that NWA tournament. All right. So Dean ECW always in. always had good wrestling along with the, the brawling. Oh, yeah, always. But, you know, when Paul was when he pushed that narrative, though. Right. You know, the, the extreme thing. So he kind of made that really prominent. You know, but we had the wrestling, too. It wasn't all that. You know, it was just, just clever marketing. Are you going to buy that clever marketing? We were, we were fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. So let me throw this out at you guys. With all of this being said, kind of taking this perspective from Shane here, did you, did you always, or did everyone see that, that Shane was kind of Paul's guy in the beginning? Kind of something that was pretty evident, or was that something that not everybody was aware of that maybe that Paul didn't necessarily play favorites towards anybody or was grooming someone? But how did that all kind of come about? The, the belief system that Shane was his guy? To, See, I thought originally Sabu was his guy. That's what I thought. But when you when you kind of go back and watch it, you kind of see that, you know, he groomed Shane. To I think Shane was the most, I could be wrong on this, but I think Shane was the most seasoned guy, younger guy we had that never got over anywhere else, really. I mean, Shane had that good run with Steamboat in WCW, but he never really had that big, that big push anywhere. You know, he was like a top guy, you know. I think that when he came in and they turned him heel, I just think Shane took the ball and fucking ran with it. You know, and then getting packaged with Terry Funk. You know, as his, uh, you know, as his arch nemesis, you know, the legendary Terry Funk is a baby face, you know, and I, and Shane has said, you know, Terry Funk taught him more, you know, more and more stuff like every night. It was like a learning experience. So I just think that with Shane, you know, accepting that heel role and, you know, Terry helping teach him a little bit, you know, and just be Shane being that young, good looking athletic guy. I mean, he was just, he, Shane had like that total package, you know, for what Paul was looking for at the time. So when you say the total package, did he, was he the type of guy who was the first in last out type of thing? Did he... Did it look like he was just putting in more, I don't want to say hours than anyone else, but did you feel like he was super, super hungry at that point in time and he was ready for it? Yes. He he had such a chip on his shoulder when it came to like WCW and Ric Flair and all that stuff. I mean, he was he was full of piss and vinegar, you know, and Paul used that to, to make him a heel and let him go out there and bury Ter- Ric Flair, you know, bury Terry Funk, you know, all the time. And, you know, Shane just fucking ran with it. I mean, he, he fucking got that shit down. You know, and then they, they packaged him at first with Sherry Martell as his manager. So he was learning from Sherry. You know, and Sherry was we're paired up with top guys, you know, Shawn Michaels, and Randy Savage, you know. So, I mean, that didn't hurt him either, you know. But Shane just, he had it, man. He, he was super smart to the business. He fucking could work. He knew what he was doing. He was willing to learn from, from the senior guys, you know, and, and Sherry. And it's just, he, he just took it and ran with it. And he was at the right place at the right time. And he hit home run, if you ask me. What about, are there any stories that you can share about Shane as far as those early years were concerned, as far as maybe conversations you might have had with him or interactions? Did he ever, was he just one of those guys who would eat, sleep, and breathe at you guys? Yes. I, I remember my first match with Shane. I forget where it was, but I remember that we did a deal where the winner of the Battle Royal got to wrestle Shane in the main event, and I got to win the Battle Royal. And I had gone from doing literally nothing in my matches. Like, it was pretty much just squash matches the whole time. You know, I, I think I had like maybe one match with Jason Knight where I actually got to do some stuff. But for the most part, it was just the beat up guy, just get squashed. And I remember working with getting, you know, paired with Shane and kind of going to talk to him all night. And he kept blowing me off and blowing me off and blowing me off. And he wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. Like, I thought, and so I went, I went to Cactus, you know, I said, Cac baby. No, I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, went to, I said, I said, I said, Cactus, I go, is Shane like pissed at me or something? He's like, no, why? I said, He's not fucking talk like he, he's ignored me all night. Every time I look at him, he like gives me the stink eye. He's like, oh, I think, I think you'll be fine. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to be fucking fine. Duh. So finally, you know, I, I got to talk to Shane. I think we're going out in like 15 minutes. I think like the match before was on and he goes, okay, Mikey, just, just listen to me out there. I'll call for a comeback. Give me your comeback and then we'll do the belly to belly for the finish. 
And then I'm going, I'm thinking, I don't have a comeback. Like, I don't, <laughs> well, I Mikey, don't have anything. At that point, were you still used, were you calling everything ahead of time or would you ever go out and just call it out there? I never got to do that with anybody. Oh. I was just the beat up guy. Oh, I see what you're yeah. saying. So this is like yeah, the it was just, first matches yes. where you actually got some offense. Right. I did one match with Jason Knight where we called the whole thing. Like it was A to Z, choreographed A to Z, you know, but this match with Shane was like the first time I actually had to go out there and just work. And I was fucking petrified. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, come back. Like, what fucking comeback do I have? I don't have a comeback. I don't do anything, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I remember he said, we'll, we'll do a cross body roll through, you know, as, as a false finish. And they'll, he goes, they'll, they'll, they'll pop for that. I think, but he said belly to belly and I'm going, Oh God. And I just remember <laughs> tying up with him. He pushes me back to the corner or something. He goes, he goes, relax, kid. He goes, you got this. No problem. I'm like, ah, fuck. So we type <laughs> again. And then he just fucking called everything. And I'm like, holy shit. I, I, I came like a comeback. Like I just, I did the old backdrop, drop kick, <laughs> you know, spinning back elbow, really, really basic stuff. And then we just did like a double reverse or something into the belly to belly. And I was just, I, I lay there after the match and I was just like, Holy fuck, that was awesome. And we got to the back of the thing. We gave you a, you know, a couple tips, you know, about selling, you know, keep my head up and stuff like that as far as when I, when I sell. But I just remember, you know, of course, then taking the ring down, <laughs> you know, and then, <laughs> and, and, then, and, then just, and then just driving home, just thinking about everything that we did in the match. And I wasn't, I didn't get to ride with them or ride with anybody to kind of discuss the match afterwards. It was, it was just me and my friends who did the ring crew, but just playing back in my head over and over and over again, the match and what Shane called and when he called it and kind of just going from there. And I just said, I thought Shane at that point was the greatest worker in the world. Like you could tell me Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, all that Ric Flair, not to me, to me on that night, Shane Douglas was like the greatest worker ever because he got me through this match. It was a decent match. And you know, it, it, it was the first time I actually had a match saying, wow, I'm proud of that. I actually did something somewhat decent, you know? So for Shane, I'll I'll always be grateful. So, cause he could have just ate me up. You know, he could have went five minutes, just ate me up. and, And that was it. I think we put like 15 minutes in, you know, and being he was the champ at the time, you know, on his way up, you know, when I was like the beat up guy, you know, to give me anything more than like five minutes was really gracious on his part. What did, uh, what did Paul say after you guys, you had that match? I mean, obviously he had been proud that you'd taken that next step. Yeah. He told me it was great. He said, you know, thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's, everybody, everybody said it was great. Like I, I walked out of there feeling like a million bucks, you know, like I, I just had a fucking, you know, two star match with Shane Douglas. <laughs> And that's, and that's not two stars, two stars, two stars because of Shane. You know what I mean? But I, I was like, I was like a pig in shit thinking that was great. Like there was nothing to remember. I couldn't forget anything. If I knew how to take a belly to belly, that's really all we had, you know? So it was, it was just fucking great for me. Had you ever gotten a chance to work with Shane, Jerry as well? Yeah. A few times in ECW and that was it. And I didn't get a chance to work with him a lot, but he was easy to work with. You well, know, Jerry, if you'd done a better job, he would have worked with you more. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I needed a little more experience. I was going to say that experience reminded me of. There's probably been one or two times in my career where they wanted me to do a uh, wanted me to squash somebody, and I'm thinking I can't squash someone. I'm I'm like, you want me to beat someone up for three, four, five minutes? I said, I don't beat people up. I'm like Tracy Smothers. All I do is I uh, a sell, and I got a little bit of fire. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> that's true though I, when I first started we did the uh, after I did my first match with Taz and Sullivan and Mr. Hughes Paul told me he owed me and you know he, he wanted us to do this young dragon gimmick where we're like, we were like these Japanese kids under a mask and it was like really fucking cheesy we had like masks we made with like wigs and we had a uh, like a karate gi just plain white karate gi you know and we were supposed to he was going to give us a push 
as this young dragon gimmick. And we went out there with Hack Myers and Donnie Allen. And I didn't know we were supposed to squash them. I had no idea. Well, Hack Myers was not going to offer up this information and say, hey, you're supposed to squash us. You know, so we went out there and had a competitive match with Hack Myers and Donnie Allen. At which point, after the match, Paul comes back and he pulls aside and goes, what the fuck was that? And I go, what? I go, did we fuck something up? He goes, the whole fucking thing. He goes, I want you guys to go out there and squash them and get over. I go, oh, I didn't know, I, I didn't know that. Well, then we go out there and we get killed by Taz and Kevin Sullivan. So instead of having a 15-minute match as a young kids with Taz and Kevin Sullivan, that got relegated to a two-minute squash match because I, I didn't go out there and squash Hack and Donnie Allen. We were supposed to get ourselves over. So is that the end of the Young Dragons? For the most part, yeah. I went back to being Mikey. Do you think if that would have went well, you would have stayed a Young Dragon? Uh, for a while, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was in the cards with Young Dragons because we fucked it up before we even got going. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. Like, I had so, heat from the very beginning. Not knowing my name going to the ring, to my second show in, not squashing somebody when I was supposed to. So my first two nights in the business were fuck-ups. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't get much better. With uh, with Shane taking the torch and kind of being the guy, you know, to, to lead this new vision that Paul was having, do you guys have any memories of, of Sherry Martell or Snooka or Hawk? Any any really good stories you guys want to share about them? First time I met Jimmy Snooka, he asked me if I had any pot. And I said, what? He goes, Superfly got to fly, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I don't have any. I'm sorry. Okay, brother. And that was it. Nice. That, that, was my, that was my first interaction with... I was always scared to death of Sherry because of the things she would do in the ring when she would start scrapping. I thought, holy crap, she's tougher than the boys. But uh, Sherry, yeah, yeah, but she, what a sweetheart! I got to finally hang out with her. It was near the end of her career in Minneapolis. They brought her in for a show, and she was awesome. And and Hawk, Hawk was always great. He was oh, always yeah. Hawk was he, he was one of the boys. He was always so cool. He even took a tape of mine and brought it to Japan. But uh. I don't know. Maybe he liked me because we were at the, what was the name of the bar in Chicago that was open 24 hours out all night or Shabooms, one of the two. But uh, Hawk came out from the back and had a little white substance in his mustache and I gave him the Iggy and he was very thankful. <laughs> but, but no, Hawk was, Hawk was a great dude. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be on their bad side, him or Animal. Uh, I remember, I remember seeing, I'm watching the news one night at home and I remember seeing uh, they had some special, you know, in the, the news team does the special investigations. Well, they're investigating cops watching movies in downtown Minneapolis while on the beat. Well, they just happened to catch two guys roughing up a guy in the entranceway of the Skyway Theater. And here it was Hawk and Animal. <laughs> and it, well, to Animal's credit, it wasn't him. It was Hawk putting the boots in this guy's head. But knowing Hawk, though, and those two, they're, they're so laid back. The guy must have really egged them on or something. Yeah, it had to be something to it. Yeah, I remember when I when I first started, Sherry and Nancy, woman, they used to pretend that they were fighting over me as far as being the <laughs> being the cute kid. Are you oh, sure they were pretending? I think so. They like, oh, Mikey's going to come with me. No, he's coming with me. And at one point, they had like they were like like a tug of war with me, and I'm going, I don't know if they're serious or not, but this is fucked up. And I just remember, <laughs> I just remember, I just remember look, looking over and seeing Kevin Sullivan, just looking at him, and I look at Nancy, and I'm like, I'll go with Sherry, and she goes, Don't worry about him. I'm like, Oh God. They would have tear you apart. I, it would have been, yeah. I would have known what to do with myself. What was woman kind of like? Because she never really said a whole lot. She was very a very quiet person as far as on screen. Was she was she pretty cool to hang out with? Did she talk a whole lot about her her personal life? Or? Uh, not really. I mean, we just knew that you know she was married to Kevin, and Kevin left for WCW, and she stayed around for a while, you know, and she was managing Hack for a while, so she she was in. But we, I mean, we'd hang out. 
I mean, you know, we'd go to the hotel and like I'd hang out with Nancy and Johnny and Teddy. I think New Jack was around for a little bit at that point. But we'd just hang out, just, you know, just have a good time. You know, I remember that we uh, we watched Pulp Fiction together in, in the hotel. I'll, you know, I'll never forget that night. It must okay. have been un- uncomfortable when they brought out the gimp. Not for Nancy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it meant for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's you, you think about it, it's sad, too, because we watched that movie with, it was me, Nancy, and Johnny and Teddy, and they're all gone. You know, I've, so what, what, when I look back, it's like, oh, that was a cool night. It was a fun night. You know, we watched Pulp Fiction, you know. You know, just drinking, telling stories, stuff like that, and just realizing that they're no longer here. So it's, it's sad, you know, sad when you see an old match, like a tag match or something, and you're the only one left. Yeah, it's really not to be a fucking bummer on this Thanksgiving episode, right? But it's, uh, you know, I'm happy we're still here, Jerry. And Nancy was always cool with me. She was always really nice. And one time in, uh, I think we we're in Detroit, she asked me, uh, do you have a car rental? I said, yeah. She says, will you take me to go get some beer? I said, sure. And the show was still on, but we were done. So, and I don't know if you've been... I, I don't know if it was, isn't there two arenas right next to each other? Cobo Hall and what's the other one? I can't remember now, but we just Joe drove. Lewis? Yes, Joe Lewis Arena. And just a few blocks away, it's like you're in the worst hood that you've ever seen. <laughs> and yeah. that's where we went to go to the nearest liquor store. And so I quick whippy Yui, I pull up to the sidewalk and she as I'm getting out of the car, she says, you want my blade? And she pulls out a box cutter and I'm going, no, I think I'll be all right. <laughs> Oh, she was great. I remember wow. I remember getting came by the Sandman in Florida. I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point. But I just remember she's on the mic going, oh, do you like that now, Mikey? How do you like that? And I'm on the ground selling, and she's standing over me. And she's like, she's standing over me like she's like spreading her legs a bit. She goes, do you like the view, honey? <laughs> Off mic. You know, she says, I'm going, good Lord. So I like turn over. I'm like mortified. Like was, she, was she trying to make you break character or what? She did. It was like that fucking scene from fucking, uh, what, what's, what's, who was that? Was um, she sitting on the chair. And Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone, yeah. Basic instinct. Basic instinct, yeah. But I was like, oh my God. I was like, you know, 21 years old. I'm like, I'm turning over. I know nothing. Or had, to hide, kill me. had to hide your boner. <laughs> Jerry, I was fucking caved to death by the Sandman. That was the last thing on my mind. Well, unless you're kinky, then you're to pitch the pup tent. Uh, uh, I'm not that kinky. <laughs> I had an innie for about six months. <laughs> like a scared turtle? Yes. Yes. Turtle, turtle. <laughs> It sounds like you were the resident uh, resident hottie there for a while, there, Mikey. No, no. Look, I wasn't scory left and right. I was the I was the cute kid. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I was cute. Oh, Mikey, he's so cute. He's cute. I wasn't. Cute. No, I wasn't. The let's go out and have a date type of cute. cute. Oh, he's so cute. Pinch my cheeks. Cute with no game, right? That's it. To this day, I don't know, I don't know how I scored my wife. She just did the uh, really Mortal Kombat. Get over here. That's kind of how it was with my wife. She kind of she called me over. She was sitting at her desk and she she said, Come here. And I go, What? And then she planted the one on me. Wow. So, was she your boss? Oh, no, she was not my boss. She was my peer. Oh, and that oh, happened at work? Yeah. Things happen. I didn't know this. Things happen in a call center. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Uh, she, she made the first move. Otherwise, I'd still be single. That's funny. Yeah. I have no game. Call center. Sounds like a bad 70s porn. It was. Brown, brown, chicka, brown, brown. We'll talk about it one time, you know, call center for the cable company. That's fucking hilarious. Former world champion answered the phone. Oh, I can't turn on my cable. Is the TV on, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple things I wanted to mention here as we kind of go along. Two big things that um, were interesting about that time. WCW and ECW 
uh, had a relationship. Now, Shane went on to say that he was surprised that they had a relationship with WCW, especially since Bischoff and Heyman, according to Shane, hated each other. And Bischoff also screwed Paul over several times, telling Paul that he would make Austin and Pillman available, and then he would renege on it the last minute. Shane thinks that Cactus spitting on the belt was mixed way of flipping the bird uh, for all the political bullshit that had gone on the time between... Eric and Paul. So do you have any insight on that, Mikey, as far as the relationship between WCW? What had you heard about that at that time? I know. I think they tried to have a working type of relationship and that just didn't work out between Paul and Eric, I guess, for whatever reason, it didn't work. And then WCW did a pay-per-view. What was that pay-per-view they did with the, with the AAA? What the hell was it called? Anyway, yeah. what, they, they had this pay-per-view that they, WCW called it, whatever, whatever show they called it, ECW had called one of their shows the same name before. So Paul said, Paul okay. said it was copyrighted, the name of the show. And I think as a settlement for WCW stealing the name or using the name, um, they agreed to let Arn Anderson, I guess, and Bobby Eaton come in as like a, as like a make good. But, uh, I don't know, you know, exactly all the inner details of that, but I, I just know that Paul and Eric did not get along at all. I know for, for definite fact, Paul hated Eric at the point at that time. And. Oh, what's the part with Cactus? Would you remember the part when he, he went over to WCW, got the tag belt, and then came back to ECW? Yes, I remember that. And I remember that Cactus did it. He did it to throwing the belts down and spitting on the belt was his way of moving the angle along how much he hated Kevin Sullivan, you know, the personal issue they had. You know, he, he didn't do it to, to spit on the belts and piss off WCW. He did it to kind of just prove that the, 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 the hatred he had for Kevin Sullivan, you know, trumped the, trumped the love of the belts is, is the way he was doing it. But of course, if you take everything out of context, it's just Cactus just spitting on the fucking WCW belts and spitting on them and throwing them down. But my my understanding of it when he did it and everything else was that's why he did it to kind of show that how much he hated Kevin Sullivan. Um, you know, he hated Kevin Sullivan more than he liked the belts. So I, I don't think it was Cactus's way of just pissing off WCW. You guys find it interesting that ECW had a relationship with both WWE and WCW at one point in time, or does that not surprise you? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really surprise me. No. The the, more, the further we get away from things, <laughs> the more time goes by. You, you seem to kind of think that all the fucking heat that are, oh I hate fucking Eric Bischoff and I hate fucking Paulie and I hate Vince and everything else. Ah, you almost start to think it's all bullshit. That nobody hated anybody. It was all the big fucking work. And, you know, just working for different companies. Now, so let me ask you. That, yeah. that, you know, I say that half in jest. You know, it's just in wrestling you never know. You know what I mean? It, Jerry can tell you this. It, but believe half believe half of what you hear and less of what you see, or less of what you see and half of what you hear, or have more beer. I don't know. What are these saying? It's, <laughs> I don't know the expression. None of what you hear and only half of what you see. Thank you, Jerry. See, I need a few beers. That's proof now, right there. Now this fucking thing is snoring. You hear this? For Christ's sake, stops looking at non balls, and now it's fucking snoring. <laughs> you gotta hear this fucking thing. Hold on. I'm going to bring the microphone over to the dog. Oh, so no. You, this. <laughs> you hear that? For a you second there, I thought he was dead. Oh, from your lips to God's ears. God, did I just say it? Oh, now my wife is home. This what could time be good. Is it? Oh. Now, will she come in since you're recording right now? Will she come in and say something? She'll come in. What time is it? I'm half intrigued to hear what she says. I have 10.08 Eastern Standard. She, first, she yelled me, remember, yours I have. Let me hide them behind the couch so she can't see them. I'm ECW's devil-worshipping pyromaniac. I'm not scared of anything except my wife. <laughs> oh, there's the dog. Sense the arrival. 
This would be so good if this was on streaming right now. I'd be very curious to see this. sniffing at the door. I see the headlights in the window. There seems to be a lull. She has to unlock the door. She has to gather her purse. This is play by play. Here we go. The dovetail is wagging like a motherfucker. (laughs) Sniffing at the door. I can't tell if he's got a heart on or not. (laughs) He gets excited. He gets excited when something comes home. Here we go. Here we go. Dog sits down. Here we go. Is that pizza? No, it's donuts. And they're not for you. Rejected. (laughs) So much for that crankshaft pulley. The crankshaft pulley is broken. What? I don't know what the fuck you just said. Are you going to give her a kiss and say, welcome home? You think I should? Might not be a bad idea. Okay. What else did you get? Oh, that didn't sound like birthday? a welcome home. Wait a minute. It's not your birthday. Yeah, there's more than just cookies there. What's the other big stuff? You don't get this. Oh, you don't get this on a lot of podcasts, not. Jerry. Plates. Plates? The Girl Scout ceremony tomorrow. What's the, the what's tomorrow? The Girl Scout ceremony and his son's birthday. Oh, oh yeah, that's tomorrow too. Oh, I forgot. Denied. Huh? <laughs> I knew about his birthday tomorrow, but I didn't know about the other thing. <laughs> Get her on the mic, Mikey. What? Yeah. You pop the hole in the donuts. Oh, see, he just broke the computer. Do you hear that? It sounds like something's getting tased. Yeah, it does. <laughs> what? If it, would, if it would actually plug in, it would be a problem. It did plug in. It's not a plug-in. It's a connect one. It's a magnetic thing. Well, he... That's why it came out. Do I get a kiss low? Huh? Do I get a kiss low? I guess. Get her on the microphone, Mikey. They want you on the microphone. No. Why not? Absolutely not. You're on the microphone now. You don't even know it. No. Did she just Yours. kiss you? Yeah. Did, yeah. Was that a yeah. kiss? Okay. Was that like the, the the high spot in the call center. <laughs> I think that one had a little more emotion to it. Oh. Okay. This, this one's more like obligatory. I think. Does she have a pet name for you? By I don't the way? like that. I can only hear your side of the conversation. Tell her to put the headphones on. You want to put the headphones on? No. I'll let you hear, and then I won't hear anything. No. Then I'll be in the dark. No. Tell her that we send our love. They send their love. I they do. They do. Heard, I knew she was going to say that. Hurry the fuck up. I want to go to bed. Tell her to quit acting like she knows me. Quit, quit, quit acting like you know him. Jerry, Jerry called Sunday night. We're sitting on the phone. And we just, we're on the phone about, I don't know, three seconds, and we're fucking laughing. She goes, oh, you're two idiots. I didn't say idiots. I said you were ridiculous. Oh, we're ridiculous. We're ridiculous idiots. We are. We, yeah. Ask her if you got enough stuff to make chicken parm tonight. Mike, are I'm you hungry? I'm thinking about that one. I'm starving. Do we have stuff for chicken parm? I'm not making chicken parm. You're crazy. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it. <laughs> yeah. Why? She's hungry, she said. We, after all this margaritas at Chili's, she's, she's probably hungry at this point. You have chicken wings, though. Chicken wings. They, they think that you went to some. You went to Chili's. That there was no Girl Scout thing. They said you just went to Chili's. If I was going to ditch on something, I wouldn't go to Chili's. Where, where would you go? Like. Frishes? What? A steakhouse? A steakhouse. What steakhouse? 
Not Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Sure. Can't afford that. We have to go to Outback. I'd go to Bonefish. Bonefish. Yes. Hey, ask her what does it feel like to be married to a podcast superstar? What does it feel like to be married to a world wrestling uh, international superstar? Who's a world renowned world renowned podcaster? That didn't sound like podcast superstar. <laughs> What's going on the podcast? What does it What does it feel like? Feels like before I was married to a podcaster. <laughs> Except now I have to be locked in my room after nine o'clock. She's, she says it. She says it feels like it did before I was a podcaster. <laughs> Except now she has to be locked in her room at nine o'clock. Tell her. Tell her you got her on webcam right now. We can see her. Mike, you're trying to give me trouble here. Yeah, he might get smacked. <laughs> I was hoping for a little crank Jeff pulley, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's going to treat you like Ron Simmons did. You'll end up with a broken crank shaft pulley. That's what I, said. I said, honey, you want to have sex tonight? I said, if you want to have sex tonight, pull on my wiener one time. If, <laughs> if, you, if you don't, pull on it a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> Do you care if I read a couple of comments people have said since we started sure. the show? We have Eric Arnez. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. He said, checked out the first two episodes today. Great chemistry, excellent stories. Looking forward to hearing more from my favorite wrestling promotion, hashtag ECW. Marty Hunt at Marty underscore wrestling says, before this, I never really cared too much about podcasts, but this is absolutely my favorite podcast to listen to every week. It's so cool hearing about the stories of ECW from two guys who have been there and done that. Awesome. Do, you hear this, do you hear this fucking dog? <laughs> yeah. Mikey, Mikey no sells the comment. I, I love the I was comment. Gonna say I, here, he's this dog is fucking nuts. Now my wife's trying to get him to leave, and he just is standing on the couch like, oh, <laughs> easy now. Luke Leeson says, I'm working listening to the FRM pod. Such a great listen at Mikey Whipwreck and at It's Jerry Lynn. Seems so genuinely. They have a great laugh doing it. Mikey's cactus impression is class. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I had a question from Trent Zuberi at Vanilla Joke. And I answered this with a tweet, but I'll just repeat it. He says, I wonder who should really get the blame for the neck. My bad neck. Wrestling or death metal? And I had to tell him both because I did headbang just as hard as I wrestled over all the years. I went to a ton of concerts. So I'm sure that did just as much damage. And look at this. If you go ahead and you tweet at the show or tweet at the boys, we will go ahead and we will read some of these as well. Oh, here's a, here's a question from Rage the Effin' Lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> at Rage the Lunatic. What's that Sound, sounds like an ECW fan, really. <laughs> I think he is. He does. He, uh, he says to me, he, he wanted to know if I had a character in mind before I started the whole whippering thing. <laughs> he, he's 5'3", and he wrestled under the name The Mad Midget for a while. <laughs> that was bad. Then he changed it to Rage. But, but did, he change it to, did he change it to Mad Rage or Rage Midget? Or was it just Rage? That's my question. That's my question for him. So Rage the Effort Lunatic. Let me know. Are you now raised the midget? Midget? Can you say midget? Is that offensive? I think that's offensive. Is midget offensive, Jerry? You're the, you're the designated nice person. It depends on, the show. on what era you come from. And I don't know. I guess it just depends on the uh, each individual person. Do you know any any midgets? Oh yeah, uh, the hardcore midgets. Um, uh, in TNA, 
Um, well, I'm brain farting their names. Tio and, ah, oh, great. What were they? Puppet. Puppet and Tio. They're awesome guys. Just a blast to be around. They, they were so much fun. And one time we were in Vegas and afterwards we went to the nightclub and uh, I'll never forget this. Puppet was dancing with this big black woman who had to be six foot four. And I just thought, what a sight. I thought only in wrestling. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> Puppet was really uh, cutting a rug. He, he, they were so much fun to hang with. Well, that's that's good. I I had never actually heard any stories of any performers, little people performers. Well, they they were like I said, they were so much fun, even in the locker room. I mean, they were just a blast to be on the road with. Now, which promotion did you work for, Jerry? That kind of highlighted them the most, or gave them the most opportunity? I, I guess for me, it was TNA. And Mikey, I'm not letting you off the hook. Did you have a gimmick in mind before Mikey Whipwreck? I did. So raise the effort, lunatic. At Rage the Lunatic, who's 5'3", and used to use a name that may be, or may not be offensive, depending on your point of view. He asked me if I had a gimmick in, in mind before I became Whipwreck. And I did, in, in the slight chance that maybe I would become into wrestling. I, now, keep in mind, this is the early 90s. I was going to dress up in all, like, neon colors. And I was going to be Neon Dion Turbo. Like, like Max Moon-like, but all neon. <laughs> But I was going to be Dion Turbo, marketed towards the kids. How did you come up with that name? I just because, no just because Dion rhymed with neon, or what? Yeah, and, and the turbo, the, was, and the turbo was just cool. Were the colors going to be bright like that, like neon? Oh colors? yes, oh yeah, everything neon, like like a hodgepodge of neon colors. Was it based off of anything you'd seen? No, <laughs> just popped in my head one day. Yeah, it, it was going to be like a Max Moon type type look with the, like the mask, like the dreads in it, and things like that. But uh, I became Whipwreck instead. I think that was a good Who thing. Who would have thought Whipwreck would be better than Neon Dion Turbo? Well, I mean, going off of the career of Max Moon, I think you turned out pretty well. Well, it turned out okay. Except that Ron Simmons thing. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I was, when I, when I, we did that uh, Raw, the first that time ECW did Raw, and I wrestled Taz. It was the first time I saw Ron in like a year or so. And I actually was in the gym for a little bit, working out very little. And Ron looks at me and goes, Damn, look at Mikey. Mikey's on the gas. I said, <laughs> I'm on the gas. Damn, you own the gas. I said, no, Ron, I'm really not on the gas. Damn, boy, I tell you that you were on the gas. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. There was just no arguing with Ron at that point. Uh, Here's the story for Ron Simmons. So ECW, when in its infancy, and this is before you needed identification to get on the plane. Paul would call and he would get bereavement flights to get this kind of flights into the town. So he would, he would look up a newspaper in say Orlando. He would see who the fuck died and he would call the airline and get a bereavement flight, a cheaper fare, last minute fare. And, or he would use the frequent flyer miles and he would book it. So at one point we were going down to Florida and there were about six Paul Heymans on the flight and a couple of Rosenthal's on the flight. <laughs> So we're down in Miami and it's supposed to be, is it Miami? Oh, where's it? Anyway, it's supposed to be down in Miami and Ron Simmons is supposed to be on the show. We're on no shows. No word from Ron. Nope. You know, this is before cell phones and things. Nobody knows where the fuck he is. We do not. He just no showed. So we're the next night. We're in Orlando and Ron pulls up with his wife in his car and he's pissed. So we're sitting down talking and he goes, so we're like, you know, Ron, what happened? He goes, you know, I had to drive down here from Atlanta. And we're like, well, why didn't Paul get you a flight? A flight. And I tell you something. He goes, they would let me on the damn plane. 
I said, why? Goes, Do oh, I look no. like a Rosenthal to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, wow. Yeah, he was Dave Rosenthal or some uh, some Jewish name, but yeah. They wouldn't let him on the plane. Now I don't feel so bad. I just, a couple months ago, was on a flight. Well, they, they bought, of course, the cheapest ticket possible. And I think it was on American. So, you know, the night before I get online to try and check in. And it won't let me check in. I'm like, what is going on? And then finally, I realize I'm at the some window pops up, and it says because of some basic something fair, I cannot check in online. Right, your your seat will be assigned at the gate. Not it. It, it gets worse than that. Oh no. So I, I, I read further down in the window. Okay, so I have to check in at the counter. I am not allowed an overhead bin space. It costs fifty dollars <laughs> to check in a bag. And if I carry a bag on, you know, once again, I, I can't put it in the overhead. It's got to go under my seat. <laughs> and I'm in the last boarding group. Oh, so I'm like, great. So I leave even earlier for the airport because I know I'm going to have to, you know, check in at the counter. So I get there and oh, I'm like, great. They have kiosks. So I go, okay, I'll just check in at the kiosk. So I'm punching in all this information. And right when you hit print boarding pass, a little light on top of the kiosk starts flashing and it says an attend or some something about an attendant and will be with you shortly. So I'm standing there. Of course, they're all busy at the counter. So it's not the light that you want the jackpot. No, no. I'll, I'll tell you what I call the light later on. So I'm standing there trying to make eye contact with one of the ladies. So they'll come over, you know, finally she sees me comes over and she says, I hate these lights. She says, they're so small. You can't see them. And I'm thinking, great. Yeah, I know. So she takes her card out, slides it in the kiosk and goes, oh, you have the basic blah, blah, blah fare. Uh, well, I just have to check your bag to make sure it'll fit underneath the seat. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to ask her, you know, do you have a rubber stamp and you could just stamp an L on my forehead while you're at it? And <laughs> uh, talk about making you feel like such a loser because you have such a cheap fare, you know. It was a horrible experience. And then, of course, you know. You're in the last boarding group, so you're getting on last on the plane, which is fine because I brought something small enough to go underneath the seat anyway. But I just thought, I don't know, it, it was terrible. That's so the little light on top of the kiosk is the loser light. The loser light. Yes, they, they've really gotten really cheap and stingy with these airlines now. Like you, you, you buy a ticket, and that's all you get is a seat. Yeah, so you have to pay extra to be even be treated remotely like a human being. Yes. If not, you're just scum. An emotional support lizard would be treated better than me. It probably would. They have government protection. Yes. <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> it was horrible. Ah, uh, that's the shits. You gotta tell them, Jerry, that you're a you're a pro wrestling superstar. Th that would probably make it worse. If <laughs> they put you yeah. turn broadcast, they would look right. at me. And, they'd look at me and say, "You're not a Rosenthal." <laughs> <laughs> they look at you like that. My wife looks at me when I want some relations. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, woo. You're going to get so much heat. Oh, I'm already on fire. She already, she, already, she already saw the stack of beer cans. That's true. And you said you only had three. Well, when we started. I tried. Oh. There's, there's more here. I tried to cover for you, Mikey. I told her that's not beer. She's not going to buy that. She's too smart. One thing we should do is we should thank somebody who has mentioned us on social media. Who? And that is... That is the major wrestling figure podcast. Nice. And you know who's on that podcast? Mr. Zack Ryder and Curtis oh, Hawkins. Nice. Awesome. They're, good. They're yeah. good kids. They are. I go way back with them to 
Well, Mikey, you're the one who brought me into NYWC. Yeah, that's uh, they're my boys. They've uh, they've done quite so, well for themselves. So thank you so much, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, for for mentioning this podcast. Hawkins is, on your show is on a bit of a losing streak. I've heard. Hopefully, he'll put that to rest soon. He's trying to beat my losing streak. Can he do it? I have faith in him. <laughs> he hasn't won a match in like what two years? Is that, is that how long it is? Or is it one year? Well, you know, there's an old saying from the back in the job squad days: "Pin me, pay me." One, two, three, baby. Yep. The current streak is O in two thirty-six. Because when you him. when you go to the bank and deposit that check, they don't they don't go. Uh, I'm sorry, did you win this weekend? <laughs> and if you lost, they go. I'm sorry, we can't deposit this check. That's correct. Yeah, I think he's a winner when it comes to the financial aspect. Yeah, he's a uh, you know. I mean, he gets it good for him yep. too. And plus, they're probably winning really well at this podcast because it's a really successful podcast. Good. So good for them. I'm happy for them. We got the rub. Both good guys. I'm actually making an appearance. We should, I'm making, have, we should have him on. We should. I'm making an appearance for Kurt Hawkins on the uh, December 8th. I was going to say plug that. Uh, so w- where can you be seen at? Is it Chillicothe, Ohio? Chipotle. That's on, that, that has been moved now, everybody, to November 30th. Oh. I guess the Ohio State people, football people, um, maybe like a playoff game or something on the Saturday. So they want to move their show to the Saturday before, the Friday before. So we will be in, I will be in Chipotle, Ohio on November 30th. (laughs) Signing autographs? Signing autographs. I believe I might be the special guest referee for the Bobby Fulton and Shane Douglas matchup in the main event. Nice. I will call it right down the middle, kind of, I think. I'm not sure. You should take some tips from from Jerry. If you're going to call it right down the middle, you can take some tips from Fonzie. Hey, Daddy. I'd blow a whistle, but I don't have one. (laughs) What's the name of Kurt's uh, wrestling school? Uh, Create a Pro. Yes. Wrestling. Yeah, I wanted to plug that. He brought me in actually one time to do a seminar. So, and he's a great guy. I see. I thought you were going to be there on the eighth. I thought where, but then, well, they released a flyer with Shane, me, and Jimmy Hart on it. I think, and then you were on there, and then you mysteriously disappeared from the flyer. So I'm guessing no. that you're you weren't going to be there. No, I never heard anything about it. Yeah, I'm looking at the flyer right now. It's uh, it's Shane, Jimmy, Mikey, and uh, Hornswoggle. Yes, I will be at the Creative Pro Wrestling Show. The December to remember, not to be confused with the November to remember, because this show is on December 8th. It's at the Knights of Columbus on uh, Hempstead Avenue in Lindbrook, New York. Tickets start at 20 bucks. So there we go. That, that's a great deal right there. It is a good deal. So if anybody has, anybody has any questions, you can go ahead and cruise on over to creativeprowrestling.com. Once again, that is December to remember, December the 8th. Uh, bell time is at 8 o'clock, Knights of Columbus, 78 Hempstead Avenue, Lindbrook, New York, 11563. And you can go ahead and buy your tickets on the website as well. Looks like front row is $40. And uh looks like you can pretty much uh get your tickets one-stop shop right here at the website. Yes, we'll also be appearing, and Jerry is on this one, at the Icons of Wrestling convention uh, in Philadelphia on December 8th. So that will be fun with the franchise, Shane Douglas. I was just going to plug that. Isn't Dreamer having a show that night? How's hardcore? I, so. I wrecked on one of his shows at WrestleCon. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. I went Before to, that, I went I'd to, never seen. I went to bed. I know. I think <laughs> that show started at, what, 11 or 12 at night, 11 o'clock at night? Yeah. No, Mike, you laughed, but the night before I went to bed, when I did uh, Joey Janela's spring break. And what time did that show start? Like 11. Yeah. What? I was shot that night. Holy cow. I hadn't had much sleep. Yeah. No, that, that, that show was long. And didn't you do something crazy? I did a Frankensteiner in in Uggs, jeans, Uggs, fat, Wait fat a as fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, I miss all the good stuff. Twitter blew up with that. That's got to be on YouTube. Oh, yeah, it was all over Twitter. 
it was the worst ring gear of all time, but the best Frankensteiner in jeans and Uggs and from a fat guy who hadn't done it in like two years. Chunky Mikey. <laughs> Chunky Mikey. Wow. How did that there's how did a lot that of start, Mikey? <sighs> Probably fucking Lance, bastard. I thought you blamed me all the time. Well, that's because that's it's easy. <laughs> Great. I'm trying to think. How that, wasn't, how that ch- wasn't, isn't that what Tommy Rich sort of adopted you as? Chunky Mackey. Well, <laughs> yeah, but that, that was after Lance. I think we did a promo in Philly, and Lance told me to go get a snow coat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then, yeah, then, then the Tommy Rich. Hey, Chunky Mackey. <laughs> well, that's how Lance sees me now, too. He's like, hey, Chunky. I have body issues. I have, so we have some have interesting age issues. Uh, was it did Francine's big ECW reunion show in Philly? Did she bring in Terry Funk? No, I don't oh. know if it was that one. I wasn't one, there. One of the reunion shows where they brought in Terry Funk. I, I go bring my bags in the locker room and I run into Lance. And of course, the first thing he says to me is, what, you haven't booked Terry so you wouldn't be the oldest one here? And I'm just like, oh, wow. Bastard. That's Lance. That's Lance. Yep. With our disaster of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but he brought goes, it around. There was a compliment oh, in there somewhere. Oh, from Lance, two thumbs up. You know, the fact that he laughed, I think, is is a bone. My wife goes, "Who's this Lance Storm guy? Aren't you friends with him?" <laughs> yeah, I just pulled up the icons of wrestling convention and fan fest. Let's uh, let's look up uh, Chipotle, Ohio. And see, yes, they have a Chipotle's in Ohio. Now, according to Mike, I'm going there. Gonna get a burrito or a bowl? A bowl. Okay. It's it's Chillicothe, Ohio, oh, and Chillicothe, Ohio. Coffee so speak, too hot. Speak. Speaking of this, Chillicothe, Ohio. Yes. I showed my daughter the map. Yes. And I showed it to her, and I go, mm-hmm. "Tell me, what does that say?" She goes, "Ohio." I go, "No, not there. This part." She goes. Chilla, 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 coffee. I said, "How do you know that?" She goes, "I can read." <laughs> wow, wow! You're you're going to be only forty five miles south of Columbus. Well, it means you're not going to be that far from Columbus. I'm flying into Cincinnati. <laughs> you're flying. You're going to fly. You're in Pennsylvania, though. Yeah. That's not that far. Pennsylvania is a big state. It's a big state. I'm all the way. I'm all the way in the east side of it. Oh, okay. Well, then that would be a long drive. Yeah. So you're flying into Cincinnati. That's that's my hometown. That's where I'm at. Oh, are you going to come to the show? I hadn't thought about it yet, but I mean, you can pick them up and drive them there. I could. Garcon Coffee. <laughs> What's the date of that show? Uh, November thirtieth. It's a Friday. Okay. I'm making a very a very rare Friday appearance. I told you I'm going to referee the main event. You're going to referee the main. Okay. The Shane Douglas and Bobby Fulton. The, Oh, that was the one that was that got moved up from December. My bad. Correct, Bobby Fulton. It's got it's got three letters. Do you know it, Jerry? No, I'm just guessing. It's got three letters. We well, get a 95 percent chance of that being right, Jerry. This is weird with this new microphone. I feel like I'm one of them uh, public radio talk shows talking about sweaty balls. Sweaty, sweaty, sweaty balls. Mm, All right, so here, we, here we, go. we got it. Big Time Wrestling, November to Remember. It is, and I can't even pronounce the name of the school. Oh. Yonoto High School. And you pick, you make fun of, oh my God. Ask Mikey's daughter to read it. What? 
Well, I mean, she's, she's probably went to bed like normal people. It's, is she awake or is she probably she's in bed? Awake. You can get your tickets $8. They range all the way to $100. Ooh. Wow. It is kid-friendly. It is non-smoking and it is wheelchair accessible. Mikey. That means no, I get it. No F-bombs. Nope. There will not be any of those. That's true. I've been very good today, haven't I? Yes, you have. I'm trying to behave. It's called World Classic Professional Big Time Wrestling, BTW. BTW. Nice. And then I'm a Greek Town Wrestling on December 16th. Greek Town in Wrestling? My, in, uh, and then, in Toronto. I was about to say, you're going to be up in Canada. I'm going to be in Canada. They let me in. Here it is. Yeah, it has everything. Yep. On Friday, November 30th, Big Time Wrestling comes to, um, oh God, Yenoto High School gym in Chillicothe, Ohio for November to Remember. Signed to appear DX member of the New Age Outlaws Billy Gunn, coming to get ya Boogeyman, Mikey Whipwreck, Abdullah the Butcher, Mr. Hughes, Fantastic Bobby Fulton, ECW franchise Shane Douglas, Cherokee War Eagle, Simply Irresistible Sean Casey, Superman Ox and many Did you say Abdullah the Butcher? Abdullah the Butcher. I didn't know he was still making appearances. I guess he is. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So you can go ahead and get your tickets, but they're going to be $2 more at the door if you wait. Oh, get them in advance. So if you have any questions, you can email Heinz.Dylan at gmail.com for more information or go to www.wcpbtw.com. Nice. So there you go. And there's a button right here that says get your tickets now. So I'm going to probably tweet this so people can go ahead and get their tickets if they're going to be in that area. Tweet it. Push it. Let's, let's sell right the now. bitch out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the max capacity in this gymnasium is, but we're going to hit it. I mean, you guys got a pretty good, you got a good shot. You got a, you got a lot of star I'm power ready. to ref this match. Hey, I've been in training. I'm, you need to wear Jerry. I've been shirt. in training. I've been, I've been on the trampoline like Dennis Stamp. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. De- Dennis Stamp. What? Did you hear he, pe- he passed away? No, did he? No, really? Yeah. He's, he's, he's no oh. longer with oh. us. Well, that, that takes the fun out of my joke. Yeah, way to go, Mikey. <laughs> Fuck. That Friday night, November 23rd, I'll be at a show. I think I'm reffing a match between C.W. Anderson and Kid Cash. No chops. That's right. <laughs> Not for me, anyway. Yeah. But uh, uh, Shane, Shane Douglas is there. Sam Ann's there. Paul Ellering. The Rock and Roll Express. I love those guys. Okay, I, I got one question about the Rock and Roll mm-hmm. Express. One question. Did something happen? God, there's, there's no nice way to ask this. Did something happen? Did the one guy have an eye issue? What happened? Did he, was it an injury or did something happen? I don't know. I don't know the story. Do you know what yeah, I'm talking I about? I have no idea what you're talking about. Robert. Robert Gibson. He's got. I, I, I'll look into it. Yeah, I didn't know if something had happened or if that's just the way it had always what been. What the fuck are you guys talking just, about? Robert Gibson has an eye issue. Well, just ask him. Ask who? Robert Gibson. All right, I'll ask him when I when get When am there. I going to. Yeah, I, Jerry can ask him. I can't ask him. He doesn't know who the hell I am. That's why you should ask him. Well, so you can kick my ass right then he and there? He doesn't know who you are, so it doesn't matter. Ask him through <laughs> Twitter. I'm going to tweet Robert Gibson. Hey, what happened to your eye? He might have. He might have. Oh, you know what? We don't want to throw off the listeners. Have, have, have Halifax Matt do it. <laughs> we'll blame the cold air. Or the disgruntled <laughs> midget. Or what was his name? Oh, he was the raging midget. There you go. <laughs> the raging midget. That doesn't even... That's not well, he was rage, rage the lunatic, rage the effing lunatic is his is a uh, his display name, if you will. He's a big fan of the show. He's not that big. He's five three. <laughs> oh <my laughs> what? That's, that's terrible. <laughs> Come on, that's great. He'll appreciate that. I hope. Well, I mean, yeah, well, my, my Twitter yeah, followers just went down to ten thousand four hundred thirty one. <laughs> it was thirty two when it started. They're migrating to Jerry. God. I'll take them all. Take them all. 
Yep. He's got a formula that he shared with me hey, the other hey, night about hey, how hey, this is hey, working. Hey, hey. Hey, no, he's doing well. He's just being very, very, very positive. If, if Reed, that's if, the way it should be. If Reed's the lunatic follows Jerry, Jerry will have 7,365.5 followers. Are you keeping track of my numbers? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wouldn't you? Uh, this is a competition. I didn't know. He's going to surpass I have 10,447. Did you know when you started this podcast, you had 10,000? You've gained 431 people since you started the show. Good. Jerry's gained almost 7,800 okay. since he started the show. Fuck this, I'm out. No, you're not. You're not going anywhere. <sighs> All right. Let me go ahead and let me tell people where they can go get your merchandise. Guys, don't forget to head over to ProWrestlingTees.com. Get your shirts for both Mikey and Jerry. All you got to do is go to the website, click on the magnifying glass, type in their names, and scroll down, and you'll find all different designs. Support the guys. Support the show. Get yourself a T-shirt today. And by the way, more shirts may be coming available soon. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Soon to be told. But definitely support the guys and get their stuff. Hit Mikey up on Twitter and go ahead and get yourself a personalized Mikey Whipwreck autograph picture and go ahead and let him know how how much you appreciate the show. Hit Jerry up as well. Let him know how much you enjoy the show and get a new t-shirt from Jerry. He's got two designs. Jerry, tell him about the designs. Oh, the two new ones. Are, one's uh, the new Ref and Show. I just tweeted. It was inspired by Bobby Cruz's introduction for me at uh, All In. And then uh, I know a lot of fans are into comics too, so I got one that's a comic theme. So, And I'll be coming out with some more. I had one fan say, where's the new F and Show shirt? I'm like, there's a no-brainer. I don't even have a new F and Show shirt out, so I'll get one out. And Mikey, you have any other designs that are in the works right now? Uh, no. <laughs> it's, a sur- <laughs> it's, it's, it's a surprise. I, I'm only, I got a couple of things uh, coming up. I think he's going to have the the uh, drop pie cod piece. <laughs> as long as it's whipped cream. <laughs> That's All right, That's going to do it. You done? Is it time for Jerry to go to bed? Uh, always. always You've got long. <laughs> Take it home, kid. <laughs> Take it home. Do the rest uh, of the Mike, show. are you going to eat some chicken wings? She took them to the bedroom. Oh, they're gone? Yeah. She fucking came out and took them. Oh. Left me, left me wow. with the fucking dog, though. Give us an update. What's he doing? Oh, he's sleeping at the moment, I think. <laughs> I can't really see. He's got. His, he's laid up against my back. So wow. Really, which means now there's dog hair getting on my shirt. It's just going to be a big one. Now he's, now he's looking at me. His name is Stitch. He's cute. Now, you need to tw- you need to tweet a picture of Stitch. He's, for he's us. cute, but he's a pain in my ass. All right, Stitch. Well, Jerry's going to go to bed. Mikey's going to go ahead and try to somehow find some chicken wings if he can. Or are you still going to make the chicken parm? No, I'm b- drink beer, more beer, and go to bed. Drink some beer, go to bed. You going to watch American Pickers before you go to sleep? Uh, Frank Fritz. I'm going to go find Frank Fritz. Well, we got to find out if Frank Fritz is a wrestling fan. He's looking, and we got to find if he's on Twitter. He's looking for Smalls. He's looking for He's looking for Rage the Effing Lunatic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. That's going to do it. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Material. We'll catch you next week.